Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech are fabulous sponsors of Andy Raymond Unfiltered and super proud of their Protect range of products. Biodegradable and environmentally friendly, the Lanolin range is Australian made too. The Protect range of products is available from the 107 Pertech stores Australia-wide. And if you buy something before the end of October, you could win a $1,000 Coles Express gift card. Check out all the details on the extensive range of Protect products from Pertech at pertech.com.au. Thanks, Pertech, for your continued support of Unfiltered. Welcome to another edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only podcast that talks with the legends and not about them. This is Best Of, a look at one of the game's greats from their Legends series interview already in the Library of Legends, where none of our interviews or episodes ever date. This one is with a guy who played all up 372 first-class games, scoring 176 tries. Not bad for a forward. He was a one-time Kangaroo Tour player, a one-time Australian captain, named 37 in the Rugby League Week Top 100 Players. He was named in the Team of the 70s and won premierships in 1967, 68, 70 and 71. This is Bob McCarthy. If you enjoyed this quick look at the great man, you'll just love the full interview. It's episodes 126 to 129 in the library. Here's Macca. Enjoy. Prior to your debut and through the early years of grade footy, the St George side won 11 straight from 56 to 66. Were they just a completely different level to other sides from what you recall? Oh, easy. I, I come in when I was 18 against them and um, <clears throat> I remember running, we, we played them my first game, time against them, I was 18, I was at, um, at Cograve and I remember we ran out first and uh, and then they, they come out through the tunnel and they were monstrous, you know, with those white jumpers, white, white for some reason makes you look bigger and out they come, there was Proven, there was Clay, there was Rasmus and there was Dickard Art and I'm thinking, geez, what a side! And I hadn't even got down to Raper and Gasnoon that yet. <laughs> they, they hadn't come out, and I thought, but it was good to play. Even though they put thirty or forty on you, you know, it was good to play against them. You could, you could, you could see what level you had to reach to to be a top player. And to play against them each time was like playing against the Australian side. And uh, everyone, you know, as I said, if we got beat by thirty or forty, you always learned something. Now you learned the speed of the game. Yep. You knew what you had to do, and you had to take it up the middle a bit, a couple of times to suck them in, and do this and do that. Because most coaches in the old days used to just they just get there and bash them. You know, yep. there, there was no sort of technical stuff around. And uh, until Harry Bath and these got Bernie Purcell, these guys come in and they they put a bit of um, bit of what's name, bit of um, what's name into the game. Um, um, bit, of, bit of tactics, bit of finesse. Well, well, a bit of um, handwork and yep. uh, you know, like Harry Bath, I think changed changed the course of Australian rugby league. Like up until the fifties and late fifties, and England were always hard to beat. New Zealand used to knock us over. France used to knock us over, and we used to win every now and then. And um, when Harry Bath and Ken Carney and and there's another guy come Rex Moss had come back from England, they brought back them the the, the ball handling capabilities because I think Australia in the old days used to just pick all these big muscly blokes, yeah, and think because the Poms were big and fat that they'd out out muscle them and outplay them all. 
what they didn't realise, they might have been big and fat from the, from the, from the chest down, but from the shoulders to their chest, they were powerful because the majority yeah. of them were all miners. Yep. And when I say miners, they they dug with hammers, um, with with shovels and spades, mm. uh, shovels and picks. And now it's all machinery and all that. Yeah. And so these blokes were real powerful up the top. And uh, and the only reason they had big bellies was because it was so hot down in the things. They'd come up and had to drink pints and had to put the thing back in. But <laughs> we used to think they were overweight and that, but they weren't. They were very – plus they were skilled because they got brought up on a soccer regime where you give the ball to a player in a better position yeah. than yourself. And, um, and we sort of – Harry Barth and these guys brought this back from England. And from there, when you got your Arthur Beatsons and your Bob O'Reilly's and all these type of guys started moving the ball like them, and then all of a sudden we went past them with the muscly stuff and all that type of stuff, and uh, now it's we're hard to beat. It was a really significant shift in the way rugby league was played. Um, some of the ball playing of oh. that era from those mm. English guys that appeared oh. overweight and unfit was and just it was amazing. unbelievable. I remember '58. I was sitting on the hill at the cricket ground and. Uh, we won the first test against them. I think it was twenty five eight, and they brought a bloke in called Vince Coralius. Oh yes, and he ripped us apart in the second and the third test. The third test they won forty to something, and some of them guys have played in that third test side for Australia, never played for Australia again, and yet they're on they were household names. And then um, they, the sixty two side that came out, I think they were the best ever. I mean, they, they learned from their fifty eight tour. And they come out here and they just annihilate, annihilated us and everyone thought, well, I'll wait, they play St George at the end. St George will give it to them because, you know, they were the Australian side and yep. they had the combination there, whereas normally when you pick test sides, you get picked on the Sunday night. You have two training sessions together and you've got guys from Queensland, guys from the country, and you've got to try and mould a combination over yeah. an hour or something twice in two, in two days. And uh, you normally get, get, get you know, belted, belted sort of thing. But with St George, we thought, well, the combinations yep. there, and they and you wouldn't believe it at first up. I don't know if you remember the game, but St George scored in the first couple of minutes, and we thought, well, that's it. We'll show yeah. these pommy bastards um, how, how we play in Australia. And from there on in, they someone woke them up, and they I think they won thirty something to five. Wow! Uh, so they just we they were just so great. And um, a couple of them guys came out here. Dicky Dick Hardart come to yes. St George, and David Bolton come out to. Uh, to uh, Balmain, I think, like called Ken Noble, who's a prop forty, come out and play with Balmain. Didn't have much success, so I think he was a bit too big for um, for the game out here. Yep. And uh, I think it was more suited to rugby union. But he, um, they, uh, they were just a great side. And, and as I said before, I think we learned all our football prowess. I think pretty sure Beatson and O'Reilly and yep. all them blokes, John Sattler and all them, all learned from from these great players that came out in the early late fifties, early sixties. Any episode, any time, our interviews never date, never, any of them. Over 500 to choose from. Download the lot and rip in, legends. Then when, we, when he come in, he, he's walked over where, because there's no doctors in those days, there was, we used to have a medical box there with had bandages and yeah. scissors and all that type of stuff in it. And um, he walked over to the box and pulled out a pair of scissors and he started started cutting off. And I remember Michael Cutting Cleary, the cast off. Cutting the cast off. And Michael Clear and Jimmy Lyle saying, look at, look at Sats. It's in there. Stuff bugger him. Anyway, cut the thing off, went out and played, come back in after the game, had a shower, went back to South Sydney Hospital and got to, got to plaster it up again. <laughs> Till the next week. We, we knew then he was a tough hombre, you know. That yeah. 70 grand final, John Bucknell wouldn't last a half time. Kicked, maimed, bashed and assaulted. <laughs> Different game. Well, it was. Well, I, I got him uh, a good one because he jumped into me. He tried to knee me with his, with his – he yep. tried to get me in the head with his knees. 
and he jumped up into me and I thought, geez, I made it easy. And then I just got him in the air and then I speared him into the ground and he, I think I broke his shoulder and yep. he, he went off and uh, and then they they brought on a, another player who played for Australia, Alan Thompson, so yeah. he, he was more as a better player as it was anyway. But Johnny, uh, he made it easy for me by jumping in him. He tried to get, he tried to get me too with his knees and um, he made it easy by jumping into me because it took me, the, took me the, the trouble of picking him up, you know, and dumping him. We spoke earlier about constant rule changes in rugby league. In 1967, it went from unlimited to four tackles. Just four years later, in 71, it went from four tackles to six tackles. Was it much of an adjustment? Yeah, it wasn't as quick. It wasn't as quick. It was still, it was still you know, willy-nilly. We got bought up on throwing the ball around, you know, at yep. us. So it really, really didn't do much of us because we, we had two great wingers in um, Cleary and, and um, well, Michael Cleary was Australian sprint champion yep. uh, over 100 yards and Brian James on the other wing, I think it was a North Sydney gift champion. So we had a couple of speeches and Michael Michael was the Australian 100-yard champion because the day he, he broke the record, the Australian 100-yard record, they went metric. So his record is still there now. He's Australia's 100-yard champion. Before the 100 metres. Before the 100 metres come in. Wow. And then everyone thought that Ken Irvine was the fastest bloke because he held the world record over 60 metres. Yeah. But Mike Cleary raced him in 1963 at, at Wentworth Park for a £1,000 and Cleary beat him from me to you. Really? And no one seems that. If you, what, you, you Google Cleary and Irvine in a sprint race, you'll see how far he beats him by. And I said to Michael before it, you reckon you'll beat him? He said, I beat him out. He said, I've, I've got him. And Michael just pra- practiced that, just getting out of the ruck, getting out of the, out of the blocks. And he got in front of him and he, he led him all the way and, and beat him. You, you, have a look on, you, can, you can Google that. I, you, I'm going to go and take a peek at that as soon as we're done. And he, uh, after that, when 64 the next year, a bloke called Bobby Hayes. Yes. Came out from America. He won the he won the Olympic Games, and he was yep. a big. He was big guy, fifteen, sixteen stone. He was band. He was bandy. I think he was band. No, he's pigeon toed. We said to Michael, "He could beat this bloke." He said, "Oh, he said I should." He said, "Cause uh, he said I think he's got something wrong with him sexually." <laughs> <laughs> and we said, "Okay." So we went out and we watched him, and he, he smacked like he beat Michael by about ten meters. Really? Yeah. And then, um, then we they found out that he, when he went and got checked out, he had some sort of disease with him that uh, you get when you have sex. Oh. Yeah, so we beat him with that. I don't know if I can use that on your program. But yeah, you no, know. we, we can, but we might leave it there. Oh, and I hope he's back in the states with his disease. Yeah, remember, he went to he went to jail, didn't he? Billy, remember he selling drugs over there, and he he, he was it was there a, was a story too. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Hayes. Yeah, then, then when he came out, remember they paraded him around one of those grand font. What do you call what do you call them? The um, uh, yeah, the, the super, super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they paraded him on the back of a car. To mixed reaction, from what I remember. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of people weren't overly yeah. thrilled with that. Yeah. Back to 71, field goals were reduced from two points to one. It was 12 teams. Everyone played each other twice. The Rothmans medal was won by Dennis Pittard and the Rugby League Week awarded Bob Grant their Player of the Year. So the South Haas were firing. It was also the year the New South Wales Rugby League imposed a TV ban on games to combat failing crowd numbers. So the grand final was actually the only game on television that year and even that was on replay. That grand final, Souths against St George, they were no longer the team of experienced hardheads, but they were a youthful side that was evolving. What a decider that was. It's often overlooked when we talk about the great grand finals, but this was a beauty. 
It was, yeah. Well, they, they had two great players in Billy Smith and Graham Langlands. Yep. And I think um, Jack Gibson just brought in all these tacklers. Mm. They weren't much good with the ball. There was, yeah, there was Barry Booth, who was a good runner, and the wingers were quick. Yep. But he just brought all these defenders on, and they were just trying, knocking each other out, trying to get earlier. And um, we, we, uh, you know, we we bled early. I think it was one nil at half time, and we scored two quick tries straight after half time. Yep. And we thought, well, that's it. And then they just kept coming back at us, and uh, we thought, here we got, here we go again. And lo and behold, we got to eleven ten. And I got, for some reason, I got a cramp, which a lot of guys get in grand finals, yeah. I suppose, with all the adrenaline pumping through you the, the night before and whatever. And uh, Sats ran past me and said, We need you, Mac. And I was just pulling my toe back to just, and I said, Be there in a second. And I got up because he said, Get up. Within two seconds, I'm under the post. So I just got up and I could see where he was going. And I could see Coot coming inside of him. And I it thought, was literally the last couple of minutes of the yeah, game to win yeah. it. Yeah, and I was on the ground with trying to get the cramp out. And then when he said, get up, Macca, we need you. If he hadn't said get up, I'd have still been there still trying to get the cramp out. <laughs> Pertech are fabulous sponsors of Andy Raymond Unfiltered and super proud of their Protect range of products. Biodegradable and environmentally friendly, the Lanolin range is Australian-made too. The Protect range of products is available from the 107 Pertec stores Australia-wide. And if you buy something before the end of October, you could win a $1,000 Coles Express gift card. Check out all the details on the extensive range of Protect products from Pertec at pertec.com.au. Thanks, Pertec, for your continued support of Unfiltered. Was captaining your country your standout memory of wearing green and gold, or was yeah, there something else? Yeah, great. I would have loved to have captained South to a premiership, but Sats had that honour, and um, uh, yeah, Captain Australia was great, although it only lasted half a game. <laughs> they got me in the back with me, Shaul, and um, um, half-time, Chang said, you Shaul all right? I said, yeah, it doesn't feel good. I said, um, I think they, they sort of held me up, and I think Brian Lockwood or someone done one of those flying leaps they do in, in wrestling. Yep. And he come and he dived into me back with his knee. He's brought his knee up into me back, and I could feel something move. It's, there was a clunk. I thought, oh, I feel right, and went in at half time. And Chang said, you, you sure you're all right? I said, mate, I'm, I'm just, I'll be sweet. I said, I got, he said, I've got Madison over there. I said, I know, mate. I said, but I'm, I'm sweet. And, I, and straight after half time, Arthur's put me through a hole, and 60 yards up down was the try line, the way I've gone. And uh, I'm thinking I'm home and I'm home and home and all of a sudden I think Roger Millwood or someone come from behind and ankle tapped me mm. and there's the down I've gone bang, bang and I bounced over the try line and shoulder popped straight out the first time and remember Bozo picking me up and he's saying, oh, good on you, Mac, good on you, Mac. I said, oh, watch out, me shoulder, me shoulder. He said, you're right. He said, you're only winded. I said, winded. I said, what's this here? And me shoulder was sticking out opposite where it should have been oh. and uh, he said, oh, my God, and then. They, they, Alf Richards come on and he said I can't put it in Mac. You'll have to. no he said uh, he pulled it in and then uh, we went back in the game and he said you're alright I said we're alright now I said good as going and then Arthur was getting pushed around by the on my front row in the yep. scrum and he said me quick get me up Mac. get me up I'm collapsing and I sort of put my shoulder I, I had it under his arm under his bum sort of thing yep. so it's still tight and then when he was losing his power right they put my arm around him that way and then Weight sort of their weight come through and all of a sudden it clunked out again. I remember going back and pulling back through the scrum and Paulie Sake was locked and he's saying, what are you, Where are you going? I said, Get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got there and I'm on the ground, I'm trying to clunk it back in again. It wouldn't go in. And then Alf come on, he said, You have to come off, Macker. He said, it's, uh, You're in spasm. 
I said, oh, what does that mean? He said, oh, we'll have to get you off and relax you. And there was no needles or anything in those days. So um, we went off and then they got this little pommy doctor and he was about big as, he was about as big as Jimmy Cassidy. <laughs> and he'd been drinking scotch all day and he's, he's, he's up on my shoulder like a monk and he's, he's got his shoulder, he's got his knee in my hair and he's trying to pull my shoulder. And after about two minutes, I had tears in my eyes and I said, Doc, I said, do me a favour. I said, get off me. I said, he said, you're in the spasm, lad. I said, duck and get off me. Anyway, they took me to hospital and Greg Pierce was the uh, Greg Pierce was the uh, duty boy. He had to come yep. with me to hospital and we got to hospital and there's this big queue. Apparently in those days there was a big compo thing going on in England. People were going in for a sore toe to get compos and cut fingers and whatever and there's a big queue of all these wow. West Indians and Indian yeah. people all, you know, but they had to get in the queue and, I said, go up the front and get me in. I tell him I've got a dislocated shoulder and I still have still my gear, football boots and my gear and all that. And uh, he's gone up there and he came back. He said, no, he said, they said you've got to wait your turn. I, said, oh, I waited, waited, and I said, mate. And anyway, the game was over and well, we didn't know. And then Charlie Gibson came running in and said, how are you going? I said, I'm still in the queue. He said, you've, you've been waiting here all this long. It was about two hours. I said, yeah, mate. I said, Charlie, go and fix this up, mate. I'm going to go and jump under a bus. Yeah. I can't stand the pain because everything was torn. You know, all the muscles are torn, all the dishes. Anyway, um, he come back and started swearing, where's this and where's that? And they took me off and pulled me into a little room, give me a needle, knocked me out, and when I woke up, it's all strapped up. Shoulders all strapped up with all this um, bandages, you know. So I thought, oh, thank God for that. So I've gone back to the hotel. At, um, I think we stayed that year. I think we're in Bradford anyway. Going back to the hotel and all the boys were all celebrating. No, Huddersfield. The George Hotel, where, they, where, 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 the, where the league was originated from. And I've come back and all the boys are all drinking around the bar there. And Lurch saw me, Big John O'Neill, he yep. said, um, he said, oh, Mac, you're all right? I said, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, good as goal. And he said, I'll run a bar for you upstairs. And I said, oh, thanks, mate. I said, oh, you know, stay yours. I'll be right. He said, no, I'll run the bar for you. So we've got up there and he's ran the bath. There's only one bath on each floor, by the way. You know, that was for <laughs> Oh, shared, shared so there wasn't much water. There wasn't much water going around. So anyway, he's got the bath there and he said, jump in. And I said, all oh, right. So anyway, I've jumped in and he's washing all my face because all my arm, one arm's all tied up. You know yep. what I mean? He's washing my face and washing my arm. That's good. Washing under my arm and down that. Then he's come down to the, my legs and, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to look very good. And then he's come up and he's washed me legs and he's come up with me thighs and all that type of stuff. And I thought, oh, Jesus, this is nice. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he got the face flannel and frilled in me face and said, I'm not that good a mate. I said, oh, Lurch, I said, you had me friggin' worried then. <laughs> <laughs> when he's coming towards the crown jewels, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. The best of the great Bobby McCarthy. We hope you enjoyed the full interview is episodes 126 to 129 in our Library of Legends where none of our interviews or episodes ever date. So you can download the lot, rip in and get amongst the best rugby league talk there is. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.